Wisco Dice! Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey yo folks, it's Cozy with the Most. I am here and I've been joined by the one, the only, the stark, raving, mad one himself. Brian, how's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Happy to be here. Yeah, same here. So we're out in the garage today. It is Tuesday, June 28th. And we are rep- recording what is likely going to be episode number 70. Follow I know up this. to our 69. Yeah, follow up to our 69. Woohoo! <laughs> it's just 69 plus one. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, yeah, we are going to go ahead and getting ready to do an actual battle report on bolt action. So Brian and I are going to play a big game of bolt action, 1,000 points on a side. And uh, we've rolled up scenarios and set up terrain. And uh, this, when we uh, load this uh, battle report episode, we will have some pictures on the website at wiscodice.com to go along with it so you can see the setup and the round-by-round kind of gameplay along with any kind of big ca- mo- uh, moments we capture and decide to take pictures of. So today's game, it's going to be envelopment. Brian, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks a little bit about what the scenario is so they just kind of give an idea for those that are not bolt-action players. Uh, for If you're not bolt-action players, envelopment is a attacker-defender scenario. Uh, defender is obviously defending against the attacker who is trying to move his troops through that enemy line and either get off the table or at least press into the defense quite a bit by getting into their zone. And everybody gets points for killing each other too, but the defender's main objective is wiping his opponent out and keeping them from getting off the table. Okay, that's pretty good. So in this game, we're uh, you're going to play your Americans. Uh, not any surprise there. Nope. Um, I've decided actually to kind of do something I haven't done in a long time, and that's play the Germans. So I'll probably be kind of frustrated with the way they play, but <laughs> I figure with Bolt Action 2.0 and a new German army book, I might as well play them the way they are. And I haven't played them in ages, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play this army. So Brian, why don't you go ahead and tell them a little bit about your list? If you've heard me talk about my list before, it's pretty similar to my usual. I got a couple eight-man squads of regulars, two six-man squads of rangers. Uh, I have a vet, veteran infantry unit. They're kind of my frontal guys. They have three SMGs in a six-man unit, uh, led by a veteran second lieutenant. I have the forward air observer, must-have for the Americans. I have a medium howitzer, a medium machine gun, a sniper, and a bazooka. And then I have a truck, which my vet infantry usually hang out in there. I do run a flamethrower a lot, but I actually decided to pull it out today. So my vet infantry are by themselves in the truck. And then, kind of an unusual thing I haven't played very much, I have my M3 white scout car in the list, and it's in as a recce unit. So I'm trying to get more familiar with the recce rules and putting that in. I ordered up a M18 Hellcat today, which is a recce tank destroyer for the Americans. So I'm trying to gear up for that, and hopefully it'll be a useful unit at some point. Sounds very cool. So uh, I'll go ahead and go over my German list really quick. So I've got a German Lutnot uh, with his buddy, so it's just a two-man team. Uh, kind of bonuses, uh, gets that small team bonus and a few other bonuses in-game. Uh, followed up, I have, uh, for kind of my base infantry, I have... T- two regular squads of German Grenadiers. Um, these guys are... Uh, all with rifles, except for the sneaky guy here who is trying to sneak in with his assault rifle. Cheating um, already. He should be, <laughs> should be a rifle, so we'll just swap them out real quick. And then, uh, actually, it's an eight-man and a nine-man squad of regulars. I had to do some quick last-minute uh, list building here because I realized I was about 65 points over. 
And then I have a eight-man uh, veteran grenadier squad with five assault rifles, including the NCOs. And I have an eight-man SMG grenadier squad, uh, which has five grenade, uh, five SMGs, and then three that uh, riflemen in that unit. So that so two basically two hard veteran units that are going to be good in combat, good um, good at range. To be able to kind of press, if I have to press and attack, I'm great, or I can bring them in and defend if I need to. Uh, followed up kind of supporting tools, I have a veteran sniper, I have a regular MMG, I have a mortar that's inexperienced, I have a regular rated Puma scout car, which has a medium anti-tape gun or coaxial MMG, um, and recce, so kind of the, I see Ryan's recce and raised him a much better recce vehicle. <laughs> And then I have the Stu 42, which is a anti-infantry support assault gun. So it's got a, it's basically got a medium howitzer built into it, which is going to be kind of nice and be able to be kind of a mobile attacking kind of thing to hopefully knock down some of those American infantry squads and weather the, and help me uh, counteract the damage that his uh, forward air is probably going to do to me because. It's Brian, and he's never rolled a one with forward air against me. Not against me. you. <laughs> All right, so that's kind of our list. Well, like I said, we were played, rolled up in development, so we're going to go ahead and deploy, and when we come back, we will review our turn one stratagems. Okay, so we are back, and we are just—we have just completed setup for this game. In this game, I've chosen to be the attacker. Brian is going to be the defender, and defender has to set up, and then we're going to roll preparatory bombardment, which we have not quite done yet. I've chosen to put almost my entire force into first wave. Uh, Brian has deployed his rangers, a couple of regular squads. A MMG, it looks like. A howitzer, that's a medium howitzer. Correct. Uh, on the board and with... A sniper. And a sniper with a great lines of fire. So one of the things we're going to agree to, I think, right now, is that this scenario for the preparatory bombardment calls that everything would be hit. Typically the way I've played this in the past is that anything that advanced deploys, scout deploys, would not be hit. So rangers would still be eligible to be hit because they deploy normally, but like the the sniper who advanced deploys and anything else that would advance deploy does not get auto hit, yeah, or is not in danger of being a chance of being hit. So for this, I basically have to roll anything but a one, and preparatory bombardment comes on. So we're gonna roll this right on the show. And it's a two, so a preparatory <laughs> bombardment comes down. Very so, nice. Brian, do you have, you have, I'm, I'm, looks like you're already on the rules. Yep. So, basically, for preparatory bombardment, we do what? Uh, well, it's a D6 on a chart. Uh, one misses, two, three is one pin. Uh, four or five is a close hit, which is two pins. And then six, you have incoming, and that's where three pin, or two pin markers, and then one plus three pin hit. All right, so possible damage. Let's go ahead. We're going to start from Brian's left to his right. We'll just work our way down the deployment zone. So we'll start with this regular squad that's in this field. They will get a just a single pin. The howitzer will get a single pin. Would have liked to have a little more there. The MMG will get nothing. This other regular squad hanging out in the field is going to get a solid hit and a plus three damage. Let's see if I can roll another six there. Oops, <laughs> cock dice. Nope, but I will smoke an infantry guy. 
Boom! First casualty. First casualty. Ranger Squad number one is going to be missed. And Ranger Squad closest to the table edge will take a four plus hit. So two pins on them. So that's all the damage from uh, yeah, my sniper. Yeah. Uh, the uh, he AD'd, remember? So he does oh, not. Right, he's not eligible to be hit. So that is all of the preparatory bombardment. We're going to go ahead and move into turn one and see if any of those pins actually do matter. Okay, and we are back. It is now the end of turn one. So, Brian, how did you feel that went? <laughs> I feel like I made a mistake already. That's the first turn. Oh, no. What do you, what, tell us about the mistake so that our fans can try to learn from our errors as well <laughs> as gain from our insights when we actually do things brilliantly. Uh, well, I was defending, so obviously I had to put my guys on the table first, and Ben kept all as a the attacker has all of his models off the table, so I don't know really where he's going to go. I deployed my units to cover the entire table, but at the same time, I spread them all out, and I wasn't really thinking about how he could push one area, and I would be stuck on the opposite side of the table. And I kind of put all my units on the board right away, which is clearly a mistake, because now I have nothing to back up my weaker point at this point in the game, my rangers are on the complete opposite side of the table of any of his troops at all, so kind of in a tough spot, and we'll see if I can pull out of this somehow. Yeah, so I definitely kind of took advantage of that when really when he put both ranger units also in, so we're treating fields as if they're difficult terrain as well, so not only do they grant cover, but they're tough to slodge through, so I'm sure you're reduced to only a six-inch move at max. He put both ranger units, started them both in a field so they could cover, and both on my far left flank. So I was like, okay, well, those are his two kind of toughest veteran units. I'm just going to run away from them and force everything to the other side because he's kind of telling me his hand. The other thing that I thought was kind of interesting was the fact that you deployed that many of your squads early, knowing that you'd have to take a big preparatory bombardment then, too. It's, but, I, yeah, I'm not complaining because <laughs> it worked out in my favor, but that just kind of things that you might, you know, if you're playing this scenario, you might might want to do. Another thing we're going to kind of comment here that we didn't mention at the beginning is that there's a rule called outflank in bolt action, which allows you at the start of turn three and moving on to bring your units on from the short table edges instead. And with this scenario, outflank can be extremely devastating because you can wait till turn four or five and then just basically move your unit on and then off the and then right off the opponent's table edge. So we both kind of, I, I think we had this kind of unwritten agreement before the game that neither, that neither or that the attacker would not put anything in outflank, and Brian didn't put anything in outflank either. It's not really advantageous for the attacker to do that, but I think it's going to make the scenario as a whole much more interesting because we're going to, it's going to, we're going to put everything on the table and have to push it across um, pretty much uh, through the scenario. So, yeah, everything of mine did come on pretty much on the right flank, kind of to minimize his, the effectiveness of his sniper as well as try to maximize the fact that he does not have a lot of troops on the right flank. I will get slowed down by the river that's over here on my right flank, though, so that's going to play a little bit into Brian's advantage, and maybe he can get some of those squads to fill the hole faster. My Stu-42, though, did come up the center of the table and took a nice crack shot at his howitzer, 
Unfortunately, his howitzer missed, or I missed his howitzer, and then his howitzer in return fire missed his, missed my Stu 42. So that was kind of a, a silliness. We both missed by one. And, of course, then bad luck on Brian and his sniper who was in ambush, a perfectly laid ambush, shoots and fires and can't hit his target on a 3-plus. So a couple of bad dice rolls combined with a little bit of Missed strategy there, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. I think it's going to be an interesting game still. I think it's going to be really close at the end to seeing if Brian can push the stuff that he's got on the far, uh, my far left, all the way over his basically his ranger squads. Especially since the one with the preparatory bombardment took two pins and then went to when he went to advance them this turn, they failed the order check and had to go down. So they're already now an extra turn down in movement. Bad news. All right, anything else you want to add to that? Or that pretty much recap our first turn? Uh, I think you covered it. All right, so now we're going to start seeing the reserves start coming out of the table, filling some of those holes, and see where things kind of play out from here on. All right, we are back. Uh, that is the end of round two. Right? Round two. Yeah, that was round yep, two. That was, just that, round two. <laughs> that was a much longer and involved round two than uh, round one. Like we said, it was going to get much more interesting, I think. And it certainly did. So, uh, round two, I'll just from a tactical perspective, I'm continuing the kind of the operation grill, run the Germans up the right flank, and try to see if I can take the positions watching the Americans panic and scramble to try to defend the right flank. There is a, a parking lot near the center of vehicles now, uh, that center bridge, which is kind of a cool uh, MDF bridge that I bought re- fairly recently and, and started to paint up, is is really become kind of the centerpiece of this battle when it comes to the vehicle war. Tactically, I think I should have the advantage on the vehicle side, but uh, we'll see how it goes. And then the left flank, well, that's just the boring flank. We're, nothing's going on over there, so... Brian, what do you what do you think? Turn two, definitely a much more engaged round uh, than than previously. Yeah, I'm still reacting, trying to make up for my mistake quite a bit. I'm putting guys in silly spots on turn two of the game. Kind of sucks, <laughs> but we're trying to hold back these dirty Germans here. And like you said, the right flank has my dudes just running as fast as they can to try and get in this game before it's over. And I don't know, I'm pretty worried right now. Still, I feel like I'm definitely on my back foot already so <laughs> so but yeah every, i think at this point everything but the bazooka team who is eh, they're taking a nap yeah they're, they're, just... they're tired they worked hard they probably binge drank last night they they did not want to come on the table that turn big side target shot on the stew or whatever and they don't want to show up to work they like said they're probably hung over they drank a little too much whiskey last night uh they like said you're I, be an invader, you know. We we caught you on an ambush. You we heard you partying last night, so yeah. <laughs> it sure seems like it. My guys are definitely something wrong with them. <laughs> in in uh, both of our defense, uh, we have been a long time since we played the game. So and on top of that, I threw a curveball at Brian with the Germans, who he hasn't seen on the table in probably quite a while. I feel like the Russians could be worse. <laughs> uh, the Russians definitely have more tools. I definitely feel like I'm missing some tools, although I do have two very big toys. I think I've talked a little bit about before on the show about playing Germans, and one of the things they said about playing Germans in both actions is don't fall in the trap of playing all the vehicles. 
Well, guess what I have? Almost 400 points in vehicles on the table. Well, 300, you know, 360 points or so of vehicles on the table. Uh, in a thousand point list, that's two targets that are, yeah, not terribly hard to knock out in bolt action that so far have done nothing in the game. And, uh, although that's 242 is very likely here going to wake up and rain and get some death on somebody or get bazooka'd off the board and be a giant wreck on the bridge and now be in the way. If I can pull some luck, that is what. Which would be really problematic for my Puma. Overall, I think the game is going very interesting. It's very, di- it's a very dynamic battle. It'll be kind of interesting to see this turn exactly where some of the turn order and the dice are drawn. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and kind of wrap up the summary from turn two. Again, very, very active. A lot of Ben's squads are pinned now, so there's pins everywhere. Um, I finally had to start rolling more than one dice at a time, so that was kind of, that was a new thing. I had to roll four. It was amazing. That's the first time. So two turns, very few dice rolls. This turn, though, I think is going to be kind of, this turn and turn four are probably going to be the two decisive turns in this game to see who's going to win or lose. back once again for another round recap so it's the end of what round three and it is and holy cluster i i am up to seven dice now i pulled out of my bag to actually roll for to hits and to wounds that's probably not advertising how intense this game is actually because it started out with germans getting the first dice and going a lot early in this turn which really set the pace and put the germans it right into uh, some great positions, but I was not able to push the advance. My advance has really kind of stalled out around the bridge crossing the river, but both of my armored vehicles are now deep into enemy territory. The en- the rangers are sweep- starting to sweep around that right flank and definitely will play into this thing before the end, but at this point, I have almost everything into Brian's half of the table and very, very threatening. Big accomplishment for me by Stu42 for the third game that it's played in. First time ever it's actually hit a target and knocked something out. So I first dice activated the Stu42, fired it at his MMG position to knock out a dice and knocked it out on a nice, sweet, point-blank, take-that-medium-howitzer-to-the-face kind of shot. Beyond that, not a lot of good. A lot of pins everywhere. Most of my squads are pinned. I've got an airstrike coming in right smack in the center of my position that's not going to hurt Brian too badly, but likely going to hit a lot of my units. So we'll see how that pans out here at the top of this turn. And Brian, you might as well go ahead and just roll the uh, airstrike right on the right on the show. Drama of airstrike. Roll the one. There you go. Oh, well, first time ever. See, we just needed Brian to roll those on the I air more often. The recording jinxed me. Well, this game's already going bad, so. I don't have a lot of great places to put it, though, to be honest, because my, my armor is also right in the grill. So I think I'm going to put it on this howitzer, though, and, and hopefully get a nice wide dispersion. Perfectly good target. Three units. And probably kill a pilot too. How do we roll this up now? 
Uh, the airstrike, well, you gotta roll pins for everything within 12, which is D3 minus 1. Alright, so everything within 12, howitzer, D3 minus 1, will take uh, no pins. The unit with a pin here will take uh, two pins. The bazooka will take two pins. And the last unit will take one pin. Uh, at least it wasn't a game I was doing well in. <laughs> that is true. And then the airplane does what? Uh, you got to see what kind of plane. What kind of plane it is. It's going to be a one. Uh, Strafing fire. So it might not be too bad. It's 3d6 plus one, ten. Okay, 3d6 plus one for <laughs> nine pin or nine hits. Uh-oh, i got to get more dice. I'm up to nine dice now out. It's only one pin marker, but... Uh, so these are... So, bing, 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 four, uh, yeah, boom, 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 five, at least five, we don't even have to argue about that, that was a hot roll, so knocks out the howitzer and a dice at the beginning of the turn, Brian's worst airstrike ever against Ben, and the first time uh, ever, so, that's uh, just, the worst one ever, period. yeah, I, I gotta think, uh, talking about, uh, talking about airstrikes on the show and how bad they could come back on American, on, on American sometimes, and Brian's had some abnormal luck with them. This, this game, game is now not me. great luck. Well, that's just going to mean because you got another game of bolt action lined up on Thursday, right? Yeah. So maybe you get your bad luck and all your jinxing out of the way here so you can go beat up on somebody else. And my amateur playing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll be back for the next round. It's starting to get late, so we're going to try to push through some rounds pretty quickly. It's going to go fast. Yeah, it's starting to go downhill, I think. Alright, so we are back for the summary of round four. So round four, again, has not went well for Brian. Uh, a lot of German dice got to go early. Both the, both the Stu 42 and the Puma got to go before Brian could go with, which both forced Brian to pull order dice out of the bag to try to defend himself. Uh, so the Puma went, took a shot at a big infantry squad. He went down. Puma hit at point blank range, so hitting on threes. And then I got nine hits, half to four, and took out three guys. That's but the stew, down, actually. the down on the down dice on that from that stew, uh, forcing that squad to take a down dice was kind of key because it kept me in the uh, equal order dice in the bag. The puma then got the second dice, took a shot in the rear of or went for the rear of the white scout car. It wrecked away, but that drew another dice out of the bag, which uh, then I got a. Hard or a hard cover shot at it that missed wildly with the uh, main gun, but hey, I that was two big dice out of the bag. Then it was just German dice after German dice, kind of centering on uh, focusing on pinning out or trying to pin out Brian's veteran squad that's hanging out in the ruins. And the rest of my stuff either just kind of advanced, but su surprisingly, looking at the table, we were talking about it. We made a one error earlier in the game in saying that Brian, I've, I've killed three of Brian's order dice, but that's only one victory point per dice in the way this scores. Whereas Brian scores two points for killing each one of my units, and he's got like a, a vulnerable, inexperienced mortar. He's got my lieutenant down to one man. He's got an MMG out there in, in a sniper position to shoot. So he's got some opportunities to pick up some some key points here, which might be crucial. And, of course, we've got another airstrike coming, this time danger close on the Stu-42, which could play a big factor into what happened. Because pull the Stu and the Puma would really be in a position to run off the table. Let's go ahead and see what happens. 
And he rolled. <laughs> oh my god! We record these games more often. Brian just whiffed and rolled another one on a danger close. Well, at least we can end the game, perhaps. <coughs> so yeah, I think we're going to agree to probably end it, because this is just going to go all sorts of bad at this point for Brian. I think if I was going to play this out, you have at least um, two. I think I would put uh, the airstrike on the sniper team in the building here. Um, because if he actually hits, he could pull an order dice for a change. Pull, well, not only pull an order dice, but you've got plenty of pin targets right there with both of your... Um, both of your, uh, all of your supporting troops that have been running across the table, <laughs> you don't want them getting to do into the game. Thing, yeah. yeah, that would that would potentially slow you down, which would help kind of key up my victory and key up hopefully a big win. Because the center, let's face it, you got a bazooka team here that's got a pin on it. You got the other squad that's got two pins on it. At this point, I'm probably going to call. I, I'm actually for what I'm actually really strongly feeling like I should assault with the Stu 42. Um, I just want to understand how the rules would work against that bazooka team, but otherwise just do a tank assault on both squads and drive it right off the board, and then try to follow it with a Puma is generally my line of thinking, as long as the order dice kind of follow follow suit. Um, continue the focus fire, trying to pin out that stuff in the center. Technically you might not have enough room for an assault since you're so close to the edge. Even then, I don't something. even need to really move. I can just point blank shot that bazooka, and at that yeah. point, there's nothing else. The airstrikes have been called in. There's really nothing else that's going to do anything to that Stu-42. I can then just rain terror on on squads <laughs> back here uh, with a medium howitzer. It basically point blank is you're forced to bring it in, bring your squads in the meat grinder to try to hold me off. Yeah. So yeah, that's it, it. It kind of turned ugly there. That last airstrike was really <laughs> bad. A couple of your. Bigger squads have been held with pins, at least, and one even ran away on a foobar, so... Yeah. How's that going for me? But both vet squads. You still have at least, like, five or six units that would have no problem getting in scoring territory, and I'll, at best, maybe take out one or two. Uh, I, I mean, I think the scout car's in a really good position to potentially take out the lieutenant. Yeah. Uh, the sniper's in a good position to maybe, if he doesn't, if he wouldn't get hit by the airstrike here too bad, to take out the mortar this turn, but you're right, it's 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 kind of putting putting fingers in the dike to score a few points at the end here, because in another turn or two, before the end of the game, I'll easily get both of my heavy vehicles off the table, you have nothing, and that's six points right there, yeah, and I'm inevitably going to have a squad in your, in your side of the table, so that's another two points there, that's eight points to be four to six points I think you're going to be able to score before the end of the game. Being generous, yeah. I think six points is realistic. You could you could get four is solid easy. Eh. <laughs> I haven't scored anything so far. So. It would depend on on my luck at trying to knock out the white scout car, which yeah. it's in a pretty good position for the Puma to try to knock it out at this point. I can't really. But it's a hard shot. No matter what, I'm going to get a point blank range five up to hit it. It's the same one you missed on the turn yeah. Before. And at this point, he doesn't have a position, a real good way to wreck you that out of it. That's going to get it, make it a harder shot. Nope, I can't wreck you anywhere. And my lack of Panzerfausts in this list. <laughs> you could I'm like, Brian never brings vehicles, I won't bring Panzerfausts. I think your lieutenant could assault it too if it really wanted and just knock it out that way. I don't think it's an auto knock it out though. I thought it was for me. But anyways, uh, at the end of the game, we'll go ahead. I don't think we're going to release this as episode 70. We'll release this actually as a 69 and a half because it's going to be a short episode. That sounds good. But it was fun, kind of a support of our bolt-action show. I wish, Brian, you would have had a little bit better uh, luck, but... I've been playing horribly, <laughs> and but, the luck hasn't been in my way at all, for sure. But it was a good game. It's been interesting and fun. 
Rolling yeah. two ones, got that out of the way. We, we haven't played in what two months? At least I don't remember last time. So, uh, so we're gonna check this up as a victory for the Germans. A pretty strong victory for the Germans, I think. Yeah. And uh, hopefully next time, Brian, you'll have a little bit better luck. Hopefully Thursday night, you've gotten all your bad luck out of your dice and are ready to kick Robert's rear. Remember how to play a little bit. We'll hopefully get to hear about that in a future episode. And until then, folks, uh, make sure you check out the the website, wiscodice.com, for pictures of this game and additional kind of coverage of the game. It'll be helpful to kind of follow along uh, with the gameplay and the tactics here. Uh, you're going to get to see, at least in the pictures and the way I played this game from a German perspective, the, the use of... Um, I kind of termed it last turn. I kind of used a, a very German blitzkrieg kind of <laughs> tactic, which was lead with the armor and uh, follow kind of follow up the armor behind with the infantry, and Apparently. and it worked out really well. This this game, Brian had a, some bad luck. Uh, you know, sniper never being able to hit anything, always being one point sh- or one one number on the dice, one Every pip time. on the dice short. Uh, that, that's kind of just mo- the dice is mocking you at that point. <laughs> garbage sniper. A howitzer on the stew is pretty crazy at point blank range like you're running it too. Yeah, no, yeah. Operation Grill, stew, uh, medium howitzer. Just I don't have a lot of unloading. in my list either. My bazooka's been missing or hasn't had a shot. And my airstrike's obviously flubbed big time. So I think if I could have had that airstrike earlier with how the pins have been working out, I'd really be still battling against those couple vehicles. And maybe it'd be a little more interesting, but now you're just completely overwhelmingly yeah no this has been a, a way harder game should you have put the uh put your uh what are what those guys the rangers, the rangers um, else. even closer <laughs> to the center they could have been on that flank but closer to the center or i think they, you were so worried about cover yeah. and not worried about even not worried about table position that could have ran a little faster and been here at least a turn earlier but i, th- I think the thing too to remember is that it it would have been hard for me to get pins on them early, even if they wouldn't have. And that 12-inch move, they could have been on like that hill that's over here on the left flank and then been in this, this bit of cover or been pretty close to that, that bit of cover. Yeah. And that would have been a great position to start moving up the road behind my armored vehicles and get into my backfield they couldn't um, really do by turn three. Armor, and I was worried about overextending them because I've done that with my rangers a lot where because of that 12-inch move, I'll get way in front of my other force, the rest of my force, and... They get whittled down and pinned down that way. So I think past. I think the MVP of this game, from my perspective, has got to be your air observer. <laughs> it did uh, make you roll the most dice. It did make me roll the most dice. <laughs> You're welcome. <coughs> but uh, yeah, because it was the only time I got nine dice out the entire time this game to to roll. Uh, most of the time, I'm firing like single gun on the on the stew, a single anti tank gun. Most times, I fired the I fired an anti tank gun in one game too. So. Uh, that Puma fired twice. It's it's big anti tank gun. And your inventory's been running a lot, so you haven't rolled yeah. a lot of dice there. So definitely the scenario, the, the scenario definitely forces you. You have to get. I've played this game and or this scenario several times, and and in envelopment, particularly if you take away the ability to outflank in this scenario, which we basically did to ourselves. You have to run, you have to operation grill your infantry and sustain some shots that you probably wouldn't want to normally take to get into position to threaten those points. And I have rarely ever in envelopment seen a player when you play without the outflank rule 
seen a player be able to get units fairly consistently off the table edge. Like, this is going to be an abnormal game, and obviously kind of shows how much of a swing this game was and how, you know, some bad deployment, bad, uh, I think some bad tactics at, at a couple of points, as well as, uh, as well as uh, just bad dice rolls, too, have put, put Brian basically on bad, on a, on the bad foot with, uh, with what is a very good army list and usually, um, just eats up my Germans pretty effectively. Uh, so, uh, I'm really, like I said, I'm really happy with the result and I'm glad I, I'm glad I decided to play the Germans tonight. So that was fun, at least for my part. Yeah, it was an exciting change to see them out. There was a couple of, couple of turns there where it was kind of nail bitey like I'm not sure exactly. And that's all you, I mean, that... Those kind of opportunities in a game are what you really look for. Yeah, if I could have gotten something to go right with my airstrike or maybe hitting... I had a few shots on your vehicles, or at least the stew with the bazooka, if it would have showed up, maybe I could have knocked it out, and I took a few howitzer shots at it that didn't do anything, so... Yeah, there were there were opportunities missed, That's a pretty definitely. big bummer, because that thing really led your charge, I feel like, and your infantry is just kind of following up after it, after I... You cleared it out with the airstrike, too. <laughs> I, I would have been in a bad position if it would have gotten knocked out on the bridge. So, yeah, if your bazooka would have came on and been able to, like, knock it out while yeah. it was on the bridge, it would have really hemmed up me to be able to move my Puma back up into your into your deployment zone as well. That would have been fantastic. Um, I might have decided instead then with the Puma to go run it off towards the other board edge and said the heck with it because you didn't have really anything over there, but... It's pretty fast where it could have came up the other bridge possibly while firing, but but the three points for getting it off the table might have been might, might have been key as well. True. But I didn't have to worry about that. But once I got the second, <laughs> the, once I got the the stew off the off the bridge, which really a bridge should play that kind of a role, I think, in your games. It should be if you're going to have a bridge, it was near the center of the table. It played a very key role. It was kind of cool having that really cool girder bridge kind of playing such a key role in this game. Being a centerpiece of the of the table and a cool looking piece of terrain on the table as well. Make sure you check out our, our website at wiscodice.com. What was that website again? Wiscodice.com. Yep, that was wiscodice.com as well. You can go ahead and check us out on social media: Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, all of those good social media type spots. You're downloading this po- this podcast uh, from wherever you got it from, but you can get it from our website. You can get it from. Uh, iTunes. Uh, iTunes, yeah, iTunes. You can get it from Stitcher Smart Radio. Brian knows it's better. (laughs) And very soon, uh, you're going to be able to get it on Google Play as well. Uh, We'll be up there wherever their podcasts are stored. I just got to figure that little bit out. And, of course, then you can always email your host at hosts at wiscodice.com. We'd love to see your emails and comments about this show or any other show. Uh, Whether it's good, bad, positive, negative, we'd like all all the criticism that we can get. Again, thanks for listening, folks. That's it. Peace out.